And welcome back. You're listening to Superliminal Ire, episode one, entitled They'd Rather See Us Dead, part three. The third and final installment of this episode, I'm your host, Timothy O. Williams, first black candidate for West Hollywood City Council, and I'm really excited to get started today. I was um, just looking over some of my notes because I thought last episode went a lot better than the first part did, thanks to some constructive feedback from some very dear friends. And how I want to close this episode is simply by saying the whole reason why it matters to understand that the other side or those who hold power would rather see you dead is to get people to be even more than woke. It's not enough to be woke and looking. You've got to be woke, looking, writing it down, recording it, and then you've got to also be counteracting it and doing something about it. And that's what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to to put something out there that could be a counterbalance to that which is already out there and running rampant. And further to the point, to get everyone to understand that we have to decide who we're going to be. We have to decide who we are. Now that I know, me personally, now that I know that 43% or so of the country would rather see me dead or, or incarcerated than anything else, than having to deal with me, it it forces me to decide, well, who am I going to be? Am I going to be somebody that sits by and and is indifferent to that kind of a oppressive culture? Am I going to be someone that sits by as homeless people sleep on the streets and urinate and defecate on the streets, causing public health crises? Am I going to be someone that sits by as I watch development after development in the city of West Hollywood and in Los Angeles be fought tooth and nail simply because they dare include affordable housing? Am I going to sit by as people try to limit the access to resources that we know have been proven to give and sustain and prolong life? Am I going to be that kind of a person that's going to be indifferent to that type of oppression, to the type of voter disenfranchisement? Am I going to be that kind of person that is indifferent to the suffering that goes on inside of private prisons that is largely unchecked? Am I going to be the kind of person that is indifferent towards a person paying their debt to society and then finding themselves back in society with absolutely no rights, but with all the pressure in the world to get it right? No. No. Who I was made to be is someone 
who educates and advocates for the improvement of the weakest among us. Always, regardless of what color they are, regardless of how they smell, regardless if they have a home, regardless of any of a number of reasons we find to look away from one another, I engage. I follow my instincts. I see suffering. I pay attention. And if there is something that the universe would have for me to say to this person or something that I could do, I want to do that. Law is there to protect the weak. Laws are there to protect the most vulnerable among us. So then why is it that the institution that gives us laws that are supposed to protect the weak and supposed to guard the most vulnerable among us, why are those people allowed to use the system instead to harm the most vulnerable among us. And some might say, oh, that's not true. They're not trying to harm anyone. We're just, we have philosophical differences about fiscal policy, blah, 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 blah. I just don't believe in entitlement reforms, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Let me stop that whole situation right there. Because I was sitting one day and I realized, go with me here, that the U.S. government is a business just like anyone else. Like, you know, it takes in money and it puts out money, blah, 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 so on and so forth. So if the U.S. government takes in money in the way of taxes and then the government decides what to do with that money, that's then the output. So when they pass tax breaks for the wealthiest Americans, they're cutting off part of the revenue stream of the government, which is the taxes from people's income. So therefore, that corporation, if it was a regular corporation, suddenly would be its um, production would be down. That's a problem. That's a problem. Okay. Now, so is there any return on that? Is there any return on that tax break that, that is being given to the companies? Largely, no. However, there is a philosophical argument as to whether consumer confidence and companies coming into the country and coming into America to do business as a result of the tax break, we know whether that we have to do a little cost-benefit analysis there. But, but there is, it's, it, it's one thing to espouse that view. And it is a completely different idea when you, well, the other side claims that it's different when we're talking about poor people. For some reason, giving a tax break to the wealthiest Americans is a way you stimulate the economy, but giving food assistance and assuring that people have access to 
nutrition and to a grocery store and the ability to make purchases at that grocery store, that is, an, is what is called an entitlement. And I disagree. Medicare, Social Security, and food stamps, CBT, whatever you want to call them, those are not entitlements. Those are investments that the U.S. government is making in its greatest resource. We are resources of the U.S. government. We are resources of America. We, the people of America, are America's resources. And the government, the controlling body, deciding to ensure that this family has an extra $400 to buy food each month is an investment. It's an investment. This controlling body deciding that the seniors above the age of 65 all have excellent health care and don't have to worry about anything, that is not an entitlement. That is an investment. It is an investment in the greatest resource of America. And the greatest resource is its people. And for individuals who are in power to try to characterize a tax break to the wealthy as an investment in the economy and try to go even further to reduce what are called quote-unquote entitlements as something that is bad and is a drain on the economy and is blowing up the deficit. That is complete and utter hogwash. Complete and utter hogwash. Look at the example set forth by the Romney family. George Romney, before he became the wealthy man we know him to be today, utilized food stamps during the time that he was getting his company off the ground. That is the whole point of America. That is the entire America, I, the American idea or the America experiment is that you can come here. You can live here and have an idea. And you can go for it and try it out. And we're going to have a couple of maybe a little protections for you. Some food assistance to help you get by and some, uh, uh, you know, medical insurance just to get you from the next six months to see how things turn out. That is what America is. That isn't it. That is an investment. No one that I know on the GOP side could sit there and say to me that it would have been more advantageous to have not had food stamps at the time that George Romney started his company especially if it resulted in him not being the success that he is today. Do you think he would have been able to have been as focused on building his company if he was worried about feeding his family? I don't know. I don't know. But to me, it makes sense to invest in America's greatest resource. It does not make sense to take its greatest resource and lock them away in cages. It does not make sense 
to make its greatest resource sit in solitude in dark homes having to decide between eating and medication. It does not make sense to have a prison system that profits on the prisoners, meanwhile affording them no constitutional guarantee as to them making their voices heard in the, in the case of felons. Just because someone is a felon, they do not stop become, they're not, they're not done being a person. They are still an American citizen. So that does not make sense. So why do we do it? Why do we do it? It does not make sense to punish one group of people for use of cannabis in one part of America and to tell another part of America that you have protections because it's medicine. That does not make sense. And it violates one of the very first landmark precedents or landmark Supreme Court decisions in the case of Plessy versus Ferguson. This is the whole white water fountains versus the colored fountains, you can use your imagination. And what the court ultimately decided is that separate cannot be equal. Separate is not equal. Separate is not equal. So that's one of the first decisions that really got the train moving on the road to civil rights. And that standard has been upheld time and time again by lower courts. So if separate is not equal, why then are there permitted to be different versions of America in which one can prosper and thrive and achieve if you do this, 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 and this, but in another, you will be incarcerated, put down, and your rights taken away for doing the same this, 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 and this. That's not America. The current state of America is in diametric opposition to the precedent established by Plessy versus Ferguson, which said that separate cannot be equal. Our current political climate, our current culture, which is so segregated along socioeconomic lines, is in diametric opposition. To the precedent that's separate cannot be equal. What do we do? What do we do? I don't know what we should do, but I know what I'm going to do. 
I identify with a number of labels that have been thrown at me since my arrival on this planet. The only one among them I will cling to going forward is human. Human. Can we all just human again? To quote Maya Angelou, I am a human being, therefore nothing human can be alien to me. Isn't that powerful? It's the truth. At least it is, it speaks, it is apropos to my human experience. I'm a human being and nothing, therefore nothing human can be alien to me. So when I see suffering that's going on, whether it's on TV, in fiction, depicting a previous real life occurrence, or it's me walking past someone who has open sores and is bleeding or just is drinking themselves to death or lying in their own waste, or it's the realization of going home and seeing that the school systems that one side of your family goes to are severely behind from another. Or it's walking down Santa Monica Boulevard as I'm leaving Target. Having been mistaken a number of times for a sex worker because that occurs there sometimes. And, by, and a lot of times by 